This is my honor, my privilege, my delight to bring a word from the word to you today. This is also my first Sunday ever preaching, so, so be kind to me as I try to get through all my thoughts. I am low tech. I see all these pastors come up with their, their, their notes on their, I have paper, okay? <laughs> all the mamas say amen, they know. So I want to ask, I want to start with a question, which is, have you ever felt like an outsider? Have you ever felt like you don't belong somewhere? Has anyone ever been to high school? I feel like that is the place where you feel most like an outsider. I'm looking at my high schoolers. If you feel like you don't belong, it's because you don't. So I want to start with this story. I was in massage therapy school. I had just gotten saved like the year prior. Uh, and I was, I, my birthday always falls around Bariqua Fest. It always does, every year, but the Bariqua Fest outreach would fall on the weekend of my birthday without fail. So I go to the Bariqua Fest, I'm doing the outreach, I've done 101, I think I was in 201 at the time, and we went out to dinner afterwards, a bunch of us single folks, right? Because the single folks love to go out. Us married folk with many children, we don't get to go out. <laughs> so we were all single at that time, and we go out and we have dinner, and we're just talking, and these are with my other brothers and sisters in the Lord, and we were having the best time, right? Fast forward two days later, I'm with my cohort, because I took night classes on a Monday night, and so I go out to dinner with my cohort, which is pretty normal for us. And I'm sitting there and I'm listening to this conversation that's happening at the table around us. And they're just talking about the stuff the world talks about, right? They were talking about sex. They were talking about who knows what. I don't even remember. I just remember I felt very uncomfortable. And then there was one, one of my cohort classmates who was a Mennonite Christian. If you don't know what a Mennonite Christian is, they're a sect of Christianity. They do believe in Jesus and the Trinity, but they're more like pacifists, like they're all about peace. So I'm talking and, and I'm listening to her and she was getting ready to move on to the next chapter as we were getting ready to graduate and she was going on for a master's degree and started talking about sleeping with her boyfriend before she left. And my spirit was so grieved because I said, I thought you and I were supposed to look the same, but you look like them. And I couldn't understand, so I actually retreated. I went to the bathroom, and I ended up staying in there for probably way longer. I just figured I'd, I'd just make up some reason, but I just didn't want to sit at the table anymore because I felt so uncomfortable like I didn't belong because I, I couldn't participate in the conversation anymore. See, the old me, the wicked me, the wild me could have. But see, the transformed mind that I had, because I had been feasting on the word of God, I had been surrounding myself in discipleship and in Bible studies and going after the things of God, that now I was a foreigner at a table I used to belong to. And so after that night, I went home and I started really thinking about all these things and I realized man, I'm different. I'm so different. How did this happen 
because it was like one moment I was in the world and I was sinful and the next minute I was living holy and I didn't really notice the transition happening until all of a sudden it was like, you are not to participate in those things anymore. You don't belong to that table, table representing the world. You don't belong there anymore. And how many know that you can get in those situations and you know where you stand, right? Because you're standing on the word of God. And you realize the popular opinion is not always the correct opinion. And so you're sitting at a table or say you even go on social media, right? Social media is the soapbox for everyone, right? If you have an unpopular opinion, if you have never once experienced any kind of persecution in your life, I double dog dare you to go to social media and put abortion is murder of unborn life. I'll tell you what, that will light up so fast, your world will go up in flames, it will be wild. Because it's an unpopular opinion, but it's the godly opinion. See, we live now with a God's worldview, which changes our worldview entirely. Because now you are in the world, you are not of the world. Everyone wants validation. Social media has been like the biggest crux for people. Because it's like, well, I didn't get enough likes. You don't like me. You don't like me. You hurt my feelings. Why don't you like my posts? Because I don't like your post. If I liked it, I would like it. I put a little love there, right? See, and, we, and everyone wants to be this justified person, right? I want to be justified in my anger. I want to be justified in my sin when I'm in the world. The difference is that now... Christian, if you are a Christian, if you believe that Jesus is the Son of God, died on the cross for your sins, was raised the third day to, to give you freedom from your sin, to make a way for you, to give you a place in heaven, that automatically puts you in now God's worldview, and you can no longer look at the world through the same lens. See, Jesus wasn't crucified because he just said, that's okay. You want to you wanna just treat people like dirt? That's okay. You want to make people live by, by the laws you want? That's okay. Just, just be whoever you are. Is that Jesus? No way, right? Jesus was crucified because he made God's will the only will. See, he wasn't like... See, the Pharisees of Jesus' day, which were the religious rulers the authoritative figures, right? And they made up such a small population of the, Jewish, of the Jewish population, and yet they held the most clout. They held a lot of stature, right? People were afraid to open their mouths around them for fear of what they do. But when you really look, go down the road, you see that the Pharisees were really afraid of the people. They weren't afraid of God. They were afraid of the people. See, they would start making up these man-made laws and Jesus came and he's like, you're wrong. You're wrong in the things that you believe because you are believing incorrectly. See, the Pharisees were all about the outside behavior. They were looking at, okay, look, I'm saying, look, I'm not like the sinner over here. I'm not like the person over there. 
Um, I don't know if my sound guys are in the back, but could you look up an image of a whitewashed tomb? So Jesus called these people a brood of vipers. People who called them, they were leading God's people astray. And Jesus came because he wanted to repair the relationship between himself and humanity. See, he called them whitewashed tombs. Can you, you got it? See, I want to give you this image, right? Uh, Yeah, one of those. Like, no, the one next to it. Yeah, that one. See, whitewashed tombs, they look so pretty on the outside, right? They, they coat them in a new fresh thing of paint. They look so pretty on the outside. But guess what? All that this holds is dead people. It's either empty waiting for a dead person or it's filled with a dead person. So he called them whitewashed tombs because he's like, you look so beautiful on the outside, but on the inside you're dead. Don't we see celebrities like this? They look so pretty on the outside. Look at that beautiful dress they wore to the Met Gala. Dead inside. You don't have Jesus, you're dead inside. And he called them out. Jesus called them out. And it wasn't because he hated them, it's because he loved them. The story of the prodigal child was primarily about the Pharisees, which was the older brother who stayed behind. He's like, wake up. And now we also, as believers, we have to be careful to not become like the Pharisees, right? Because we can get so into our, into our religiosity, even as spirit-filled believers, we have to be careful to not make our conviction that's not, right? There's personal conviction, and then there's conviction of sin, right? Does anyone know the difference? See, a personal conviction would be like, the Lord told me when I was... D- before I dated my husband, that I was not to kiss the next guy that I dated until we married. See, that was my personal conviction. It wasn't, it's not sin to kiss your boyfriend or girlfriend before you get married, but you got to be careful, right? You got to keep it holy. Everybody say, keeps it holy. So we kept it holy, right? But that was my personal conviction. If I went to Isa and I was like, you are not allowed to kiss your boyfriend until you get married, that's okay. But in this, in this scenario, I, I would then be putting my law on her, and that wouldn't be right because that is not what the Word of God says. He says keep the, the marriage bed holy and undefiled. As long as you do that, you're good. Right? But we stand for righteousness. I tell you, it'll blow people's mind when you tell them that you aren't going to kiss till your wedding day. It blew people's mind for me. I was almost 30, and I told someone, I was at an event, and I was telling her about this, and she goes, wait, you don't kiss your boyfriend? I said, no. She goes, but you do other stuff? I'm like, what else is there? If I'm not kissing him, I'm not doing anything else either. Blows their mind, right? Because you don't look like the world. You're contrary to everything culture says. Culture says, go ahead and sleep with whoever you want. Jesus said, I made one man for one woman for all time. And it's easy to get the world to love you, right? It's so easy, right? It's easy to get to the world. You want the world to love you, I tell you, all this is all you have to do. Give in, compromise, 
Give attaboys to every single person, every single movement, every single ideology. Say, love is love. Say, love is love. It doesn't hurt anybody, right? You can love whoever you want. I don't know, you can talk to the thousands upon thousands of people with AIDS because love was love. You think that they're happy about it now? No, there's a reason God set up the parameters. There's a reason God gave us the commandments. There's a reason God gave us the law. And I'm talking to the teenagers. I know it's so easy to just go with the flow because you don't want to rock the boat. But this is what the Word of God says. See, in, in James 4.4, 4, I'm going to open my paper Bible. You can go there. My paper Bible. I should have grown up in the South. I really should have. Pa- the Word of God says in James 4.4. 4. <laughs> I could paraphrase it, but I'd rather go to it. Hebrews, James. Okay. Know where I'm going. I'm trying to get there. Okay, well, I guess I could just look up. You adulterous people, don't you know that friendship with the world means enmity with God? Therefore, anyone who chooses to be a friend of the world becomes an enemy of God. See, you can love the world and the world can love you, but you will be God's enemy. And I don't know about you, but I do not want to fall into the hands of an angry God. Because he's also the God who loved me enough to pull me out of the world in the first place to say, I've got a plan and a purpose for your life. So young people, I know high school is rough, and I did not go to a high school like y'all do in Chicago. They are enormous. I can't even get over it. I graduated in a class of 24 students because I went to a charter arts school, okay? I'm like the artsy hippie kid, right? But guess what? You get to be free to be who you are in a little art school too. And people will still hate you for your values. See, Satan says, do whatever you want, do whoever you want, do, what, do it whenever you want, live with no regrets, YOLO, shout your abortion, be whatever gender you feel like today. Oh, today you feel like a girl? Be a girl. Go use the ladies' restroom. It's okay. See, but Jesus says, first off, he says, not my will, but your will be done. Jesus says, whom the Son sets free is free indeed. Jesus says that if the people who are called by my name would humble themselves and repent, I would come and bring the rain and heal their land. I think there are some people who have been in such a drought, they've gotten so lost with the devil's lies that they don't even know who they are anymore, and they need Jesus to rain some, some, fresh, some, some fresh water on them. Jesus says, you are a child of God. Do you realize that there are only two kinds of children in the Bible? There are children of God, and there are children of the devil. So if you are not a child of God, you are a child of the other one. There's no in-between. There's no just, I'm a good person. I was a good person too on my way to hell. And you know what else God said? He said, male and female, I created them. 
but you stand up on your soapbox. I wish I had a soapbox. And you start saying, God made the male and female. If you are not, if you believe that you are something else, if you think you are non-binary, you're wrong. You're confused. You're broken. And we want to help you know who your identity is. And that's why I think I was so excited about that last song, like, because I know who I am. I am who you say I am. But you have to know who you are in Christ in order to be stand up, standing up for the things of God. If you don't know, how can you show it? Come on, you're contrary. The title of my message was being contrary in a just go with it world. See, Jesus was contrary, right, to his culture and his time. And so are we. See, Jesus tended to rattle the cage, you know, like he was out in public and the Pharisees came to find him. Notice that? Like, or sometimes he would be preaching somewhere and they just happen to be there, right? They're just always where Jesus is. See, he was contrary, but he wasn't a contrarian. Have you ever met a contrarian? Like a person who just has to be contradictive no matter what? Like they just want to rock the boat because I definitely used to be that person. My junior and senior year of high school, I refused to wear pink because I was not going to be another blonde wearing pink. <laughs> Guess what? I love hot pink. <laughs> but because all the girls wore pink, I wasn't going to do it. It's funny because it's true. I once told my sister when I was in my 20s that I didn't believe in children. And she's like, my child is right there. And I was like, I still don't believe in them for myself. Like, people are foolish. I was watching Peter Rabbit 2 with my kids the other day, and there's Flopsy and Mopsy, right? And Mopsy's like, I'm gonna be more differenter than you. I'm gonna change my name to Lavatory. <laughs> like, that's what the world sounds like, right? Like, sometimes they just stand up. They just want to be contradictive to be contradictive. They want to have a soapbox to stand on. But the problem is, is that they don't stand on anything, so they fall for anything. Whatever the wind blows. But that's why, people of God, that we have to stand on the word of God. It's I love it when people tell me what's in the Bible and I ask them if they've read it because I had never heard that passage before. And they're like, I'm pretty sure it's in there. Like, open it and read it. I'm like, pretty sure you're wrong because I've read this thing cover to cover and that does not sound like anything I've ever read before. But don't be surprised that the world will hate what you stand for. They will literally pick on you. Maybe you're at cousin, I liked using Joe's illustrations, you're at cousin Flacco's party, right? Because it's always cousin Flacco. You're at cousin Flacco's fiesta and you're just sitting there minding your own business, you know? And then you get the, the, crazy, the crazy cousin, the other cousin, right? There's always another cousin. I got lots of cousins, so there's always another cousin or an aunt or an uncle, right? And they'll just start something with you for no reason. Or they'll be like, oh, yeah, I heard you. I saw you on Facebook, you know, doing evangelism and whatever. Like, what is it you're doing? And you're like telling people about Jesus. 
well, I don't think you should be in the streets doing that. That's not, that's not right. It's not t right telling people what the, what's wrong with them. You know, like they'll pick a fight for no reason. Or they'll tell you, I hope you're not paying your tithe. I've had people tell me that. Have you? Like, don't give, don't give the church your money. Church is wealthy enough. You're, they're just being greedy. And you're like, you don't understand that it breaks the heart of greed in me. That I, I do this to serve it, to, to honor God and my church, but I do it to honor God first, right? So we're contrary, right? Why would you give your money to a church? Like a portion, like a good chunk of change, right? You make 10 bucks, there's $1 to the church. You're only left with nine. I mean, you didn't have to. So we're contrary. We contradict everything the world says because it saved the money. You made it. It's yours. Right? It's like the people who pick on, um, they say, oh, the farmers grew it. Right? Like your, your produce, your groceries. And it's like, well, God gave us the earth to put seed in to grow it. But they're like, actually, it was these farmers over here that actually made it. Right? They just want to contradict. And it's like, I'm trying to tell you that God is doing something and you're missing it. Don't be surprised if they hate you. My actual scripture for this message is John 15, 18. Go there in your paper Bible. We actually started telling our children at uh, King's Kids to bring a paper Bible. So if your kids ask you to bring a paper Bible, send it with them. So we're going to teach them how to open it up and how to read scripture. So the one thing I love about Jesus is he never, he never skirts around the actual things that are going to happen, right? Like he doesn't try to pad his way past things like tough topics, right? Because he told us that in this life you will have trouble, you will have trial, you will have tribulation, but take heart because I have overcome the world. So he tells us very clearly, if the world hates you, Keep in mind that it hated me first. If you belong to the world, it would love you as its own. As it is, you do not belong to the world, but I have chosen you out of the world. Remember my story in the very beginning. I didn't belong to that table. I didn't belong to the world. It didn't agree with me. And I tell you what, one of those girls at the table was an angry atheist, and her and I used to be friends, and then I got saved. We ain't friends no more. <laughs> we, we disagreed a lot, right? Because I didn't belong to the same world that she belongs to. But I tried. I tried to, to share with her what I was learning, what I knew, right? And that's, that's what God is calling us to do. He's like, that's why the world hates you. If you ever been on the street, has anybody ever said, we're an evangelistic church, right? We don't hide. We want to be out there with the people because that's where Jesus was with the people. And he's like, but have you ever been hated in public? Because if you haven't, you need to go stand in front of a Planned Parenthood and tell them not to murder their babies. You will get so much hate. And you're like, I just love you. See, Satan doesn't love you. He says, go ahead. The death scorts, I mean the escorts that are out there, 
They tell them, it's okay, come inside, we'll care for you. Are you going to tell them about how years down the road they're going to feel anguish and pain in their hearts because they don't know what their child would be like now because they murdered them? Are you going to be there for the years of therapy that they need afterwards because of the ch their choices? No, we're trying to stop that even from happening. We're trying to tell them that there's a God that loves them and their child and has a plan and a purpose, right? But they look at us like we're the enemy. But that's because the world hates us. See, remember what I told you, Jesus said, a servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will persecute you also. Maybe there's many of us in here who have not faced persecution on that kind of scale yet, but it's coming. Have you ever seen Paint the Wall Black? If you haven't, I, I just ask you to watch it, because this is modern-day America where persecution was actually happening to brothers, and, brothers of ours here in the city. The BLM movement showed us a lot of how much we are hated in this country. I'd tell you what, COVID was wild. Like that whole season, right? And we all went through it together. Like you talk to anyone around the world, they all were going through it with you, but different. But man, I never saw persecution in America until, until that time. Not the way that they see it in other nations. And that's the thing. And, and when we decide to follow Jesus, right, there's so many amazing things that come with following Jesus, right? We're not making the same choices over and over. We're not making the mistakes that we made yesterday. We're not sleeping around. We're not getting drunk. We're not waking up feeling guilty. We're not getting abused by people because we understand our value now. We're not abusing ourselves because we understand our value now, because we know that there is a God who loves us, who has a plan and a purpose, right? There's all that good, but there also comes a cost with following Jesus, right? He says, count the costs. Count the costs, young people, because you will be hated in your high schools when you stand up against the flow. I'll always remember Vanessa Vitale, if you don't know who she is. She's a pastor. She's down in Dallas, and she was my mentor. And she tells me about a time in high school. She caught so much fire for Jesus. She stood on the grass at Lane Tech with like a little boombox and kept telling people to repent of their sins. That's the kind of fire we need in our youth. If they obeyed my teaching, so he's talking about the Pharisees here. He says, if they obeyed my teaching, they would also obey yours. Come on, you got to tell them. Most people don't even know. Well, it's in the Bible. No, it's not. This too shall pass. It's not in the Bible. But he says, I'll give you a, a way out when you're tempted so that you can endure it. Come on, there's a difference. He's like, they will treat you this way. They will persecute you. They will hate you. And they will treat you this way because of my name. For they do not know the one who sent me. They don't know God the Father. They don't know the Son. They don't know the Holy Spirit. But you do. Jesus agitated people just because he was who he was. He was the Son of God. 
But we don't purposely go out in the world to agitate people. We just agitate them with our presence and with the word of God because it is a double-edged sword dividing against sinew and marrow. Right? And I think of what Paul says. You can go to um, 2 Timothy 4. He'll get there faster than me. Oh, no, I beat you. <laughs> uh, 2 Timothy 4.3 says, For the time will come when the people will not put up with sound doctrine. Instead, to suit their own desires, they will gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. See, they want Oprah to tell them that it's okay to be transgender. Add a boy, shout your abortion. Shout your abortion. It's so good, right? Murder of innocent life. Go ahead, you do you. Right? They will turn their ears away from the truth and turn aside to myths. Do we see that today? They're turning aside to myths. I had a neighbor who went to, he would stand in line for four hours to get a hug from a guru called the hugging guru. It's silly. I said, because he's like, well, she's a saint. I'm like, I'm a saint. I'll hug you next door for free. Like for real. Like, but that's the silliness, right? Like, they will turn their ears away from the truth and turn aside to miss. But woe to you if you tell them they're wrong. But this is his charge here. He says, but you, Christian, keep your head in all situations. People flare up at you as they will uh, outside in the world. But you keep your head. You keep your emotions in check. You be sober in spirit and in mind. Do the work. Oh, he says, keep your head in all situations. Endure hardship. What does hardship look like? Persecution, people hating you, loss, suffering, financial loss. Like there's a hardship can cover a lot of ground, right? But you have to endure it. How do we endure it? By going back to Jesus. Do the work of an evangelist. Go and tell people why you're free. Go tell people that sin is sin. There's too many watered-down preachers who don't want to talk about it. People aren't going to like you. My own in-laws don't like me sometimes because I don't believe that the gay agenda should be pushed on children. Sorry, not sorry. I love you, but I'm, I don't agree with the movement. And they don't like it. I got a lot of hate for it. I still love them. They still sometimes like me. Discharge all the duties of your ministry. Whatever God has called you to do, do it proudly. Right? See, I feel like there's so much going on, and we are so bombarded and barraged by the things that are happening. I mean, don't you just look at Facebook sometimes and you just get grieved? If you don't go on Facebook, you just look at the news. Like Drag Queen Story Hour? Who thought of that? Like, don't come anywhere near my children. But they don't know no better. And the world keeps saying, it's okay, it's okay, it's okay, but it's not okay. Right? It's popular opinion that it's okay, but it's not okay. 
come on, Jesus said, not my will, but your will be done. Come on, you are foreigners. You are foreigners on this earth, right? When he talks about being in the world, but not of the world, have you ever felt like an alien? We, we literally live by a different set of rules. Like your whole life, you will live by a different set of rules. You'll be living through Christ's rules, right? And he says to obey the law of the land. So we obey the law of the land unless it's sinful, unless it goes against the word of God. So you are literally a foreigner on the earth that you were born into because you live by this whole other set of, of law, which is God's law, which is a good law, which is, is it's a loving law. Like I was telling my nephew one day and I said, do you realize that if, if everyone followed Jesus, that most of the issues, almost every single issue this earth has would be gone? Because think of it, if people got sober because they start living by the word of God, we wouldn't have any more drunk drivers. If people got saved, like in, in the inner city and in the gangs and everything, there wouldn't be violence. People wouldn't be shooting each other. Drugs, drug trafficking, drug trade, all gone, because people wouldn't be doing drugs. They'd be getting high on the most high. Right? Come on, they wouldn't need to, to get inebriated. If they have trauma from their past, they would get help for it. They would be getting into discipleship. The single moms and the, and the single dads, like the epidemic of divorces and single family homes, all that would end because people would be like, I want to be with my husband and we want to raise our children up in the Lord. It's literally the cure for everything. STDs would go away because people would stop sleeping around because they'd be like one man for one woman. Okay. It's so simple but people don't like it. Like, like we're trying to add extra chains onto their life. Like, oh, now I got to be holy. Oh, now I can't go out and get wasted and do stupid stuff and regret everything I said the next morning. Oh, gee. Right? Like, like but that's what they think. And that's what I thought. You know, it's like, oh, gee, I guess, I guess I don't get to sleep around anymore and potentially have to go to the clinic. Oh, gee, you're missing out on so much. Right? Because God's law is good and his yoke is easy and his burden is light. It's not burden to follow the law of the Lord when you realize it's a good thing. And yet, but the, our charge is to follow Jesus and to make him known. People say, what's your purpose in life? To know God and to make him known. It's as simple as that. Come on, we have to choose Jesus. We have to choose the things of God. And you have to be able to take a stand because you will be wiped out by the culture. The one thing we're promised is that the rapture will happen. The end of times is coming. There's so many theories on like what part of the end times we're in. And persecution is on the rise. I mean, I always think of, you know, we're a mission church. We love missions. I was a missions major in Bible college. And one of the, one of the, the nations that I always pray for is Eritrea. Eritrea is a tiny nation. And I read about how Christians and those who go against the government are locked in shipping containers for their faith. And they get very little food, very little nourishment. Many die. 
and that's how they are persecuted. And you can look at anything in the 1040 window. It'll tell you how just intense it is. And it's like we are blessed and fortunate that we live in a country where we can preach on the streets. We can share our faith. We can tell somebody whether they like us or not. And, I, and if you've not done enough evangelism, you need to start going because it will charge you up in such a different way. And, and, it, and it really shows you what people are like. Because I always think of Jesus, right? Because he goes, he wouldn't entrust himself to them because he knew what people were like. You see people on the street and you know what they are like. But you also know, like, God loves them. But if they tell you that they are a child of God, you say, ah, because there's only two kinds of children. They're children of God and they're children of the devil, Right? If they aren't living for Jesus, they're living for the devil. The Pharisees were called out as being children of the, you worship your father, the devil. We follow the law of Moses. He's like, I made Moses. I gave him the law. You don't think I know what the law is? And they hated him for it. But he never backed down. He didn't shy away. He wasn't like, oh, I'm sorry, I've offended you. And it's easy to do that because we want to be everybody's friend, but we're not supposed to be friends of the world. And it doesn't mean that you have to go be contrary or controversial in your workplace just to be controversial. But if God opens the door and he swings it open wide, you walk through it boldly. I'm always praying for those moments. I used to do massage therapy for a living. I straight up preached to somebody who was on my table. I was working a knot out of his back telling him about Jesus. He opened the door. I just walked through it. He was asking questions. I just walked through it. I don't care. Right? If God opens the door, you, don't, you shouldn't be afraid. He'll fill your mouth with words. I was terrified to preach today, but he filled my mouth with words. Come on, so what do we do? Can we go back to um, John 15, 18 and on? God is good, amen? I had so many thoughts in my head, and I was trying to get them all out. I had so many, so many written notes. You scroll up just a little bit. Uh, sorry, the other way. Uh, 22, I think. Right there. I lost my page, my paper Bible. Um, scroll down just a little bit. Sorry about that. 21. Okay, so they, so they will treat you this way because of my name, for they do not know the one who sent me. Right? People always want to say love is love. It's like, no, God is love. If I had not come and spoken to them, they would not be guilty of sin. But now they have no excuses for their sin. Whoever hates me hates my father as well. If I had not done among them the works no one else did, no one else could do what Jesus did, they would not be guilty of sin. As it is, they have, oh, as it is, they have seen and yet they have hated both me and my father. But this is to fulfill what is written in their law. They hated me without reason. People will hate you without reason. But see, we also bring them into 
reality of their sin. Jesus showed up to places, right? Zacchaeus, everyone know the story of Zacchaeus? Zacchaeus was a wee little man, and a wee little man was he. He climbed up in the sycamore tree for the Lord he wanted to see. And as the Savior passed him by, he looked up in the tree. Zacchaeus, come down from going to your house today. Anybody learn that song in, in, in sun, Sunday school? None of you? I'm all alone on that tree. <laughs> Sorry. Well, now you know it. You can't say you don't know. So the story of Zacchaeus, right? We teach it to our children. At least I grew up in a Bible church, right? So you can tell. Zacchaeus was, I think he was a tax collector, if I'm not mistaken. Rudy, you know? Was he a, was he a tax collector? Zacchaeus? Yeah? Okay. So he was a tax collector, kind of like Matthew. And he, it says he was a short guy. That's why he was a wee little man. And so he climbed up, they, he, they said that the teacher is walking by, so he climbs up in a sycamore tree, and a sycamore tree, they are huge, right? So he's up in the tree, he's like on a branch, like trying to see Jesus, and Jesus straight up comes up to the tree, sup, come down, I'm going to your house. And he climbs down, and they go to his house. He's a sinner, Jesus called him out, and you know what? He came to such a revelation of his sin. He's like, I'm going to give back four times the amount that I ever took away from people. Because when the Savior enters someone's life, it's immediate, and it's dramatic, and it changes so fast. The Pharisees were like, you're convicting me of my sin. I'm just going to flare up in pride, and I'm not going to listen to you. But sinners... Because they're like, he's sitting with the sinners. Guess what? The sinners were changing because Jesus loved them enough to touch their lives. We should love people enough to walk into their life and say, hey, there's a better way. You're dealing with anxiety. You're dealing with pain. You're dealing with depression. Guess what? I know someone who can set you free, and that's the man, Christ Jesus. That's our job. It's not just my job as somebody who went to Bible college. It's your job as someone who's sitting there saying, I love Jesus. And if you don't love Jesus, then that's between you and God to come and get it right. And maybe this is the call you needed. Get out of your depression. Come to Jesus. If you've been holding back and being like, oh, it's just my four and no more, come to Jesus. He's a good God who loves us all, but he loves the sinner as well. He loved the Pharisee. He loved him enough. What do we always say? There's that saying that says, Jesus loves you the way you are, but too much to let you stay that way. That's exactly it. But don't be, don't be shocked if they hate you because they really just hate who you represent. And if Cousin Flacco's party, you know, you got your tío there who's starting to pick a fight with you, there's one of two things that are about to happen. You're either going to tell him the word of God and he's going to get mad or you're going to dip. You're going to roll out of that party because it's going to be hot. I ain't here to start no stuff. But you carry the presence. I had someone tell me one time, I said, you know, even one of my, my family members was like, it's hard to talk to you sometimes because you're all about Jesus. And they were Christians. And it's like, well, it's because you carry the prophetic anointing and you're always calling something out in your life, whether you're, you're checked into it or not, because you're telling them something. 
I always want to be checked into to what the Spirit is doing. And if somebody hates me, they're going to hate me. I, you know, it's like, I know who I am. Do you know who you are? Do you know who you are? You don't have to answer. I'm just, it's out there, right? You stand on the Word of God, but you have to know the Word of God. Discharge all the duties of your ministry. Do the work of an evangelist. Keep your head. It's too easy to get heated. It's too easy. Come on, if there's, this is the challenge. If you don't feel like you've been really doing it, really living out the word of God, or maybe fear has been holding you back, we don't want to be like the Pharisees. We, we don't want to hold back or just fulfill the will of men. I won't call the band up. Uh, we don't want to, to just go with the motions. We don't want to just go with the flow. The tide is always flowing against us. Have you ever stood in a, in a river? Has anybody ever been to a river? I grew up in Arizona where we have lots of creeks. And sometimes it's fun to get into like kind of where the rocky places are and you stand in it and you can feel the rush going past you, but you hold your ground. It may get a little, you may get a little wobbly, right? But you just hold your own. That's it. We're standing in a, we have to stand in a culture that is constantly coming at us and saying, I know who I am because I know who my Jesus is. I know who I am because I know what he's done for me. I know who I am because this, who the sun sets free is free indeed. And I'm free and you can be free too. You may hate me, but I'm going to stand for Jesus till the end of my days. If persecution should come, I'm going to stand strong. Come on, if they bring out the guillotine machines, I want to have enough faith to say, let them cut my neck because I will never turn my back on Jesus. We pray for those who don't yet know the truth and the will of God, but I hope that you are encouraged to stand strong in the Lord, to know who you are, to go against the grain of culture, to be contrary in a just go with it world. Because we live... You are in the world, but you don't have to live like it. If you have been compromised, if you feel like there has been sin crouching at your door, that you have been living in compromise, I want you to come up and, and get prayer from one of the altar workers that will be here. Man, he's a good God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for calling us out of the darkness, out of the wilderness, out of the fire of the world. I don't want to be a friend of the world, and I don't want you to be either. Hmm. Jesus. Come on, I just want to, every, every eye closed, every head bowed, we're going to have our altar workers up here to pray for you. If you feel like maybe you've been compromising a little too much, maybe you've loved the world or let the world love you a little too much. If you've never known the love of God, I pray that you would come up here and get prayed for by one of the saints of God. 
If you're a Christian and you just need that extra dose of faith, that extra, that extra boldness that maybe you felt like you've been lacking or you want to grow in the gifts of the Spirit, come and get prayer. Discipleship works. If you are not involved in discipleship, that is the place where you are going to get charged up and fueled to be like Jesus. Jesus, I pray, God, that your word would fall. I pray, Lord, that you would help each and every person in this congregation to stand strong in the face of trials, to stand strong on the word of God, that they would know it, that they would memorize it, that they would put it in their hearts at all times. I pray for the young people. I pray for those who are youth, that they would stand strong in a world that is so against the things of God, saying that it's an antiquated practice, that God would just want them to be happy, but they don't know the God that came for them. Lord, I pray that you would make them evangelists. I pray that you would set a fire in their soul. Lord, have your way. We want to stand strong. Can we do set a fire?
Come on, I want this house to burn and blaze with the love of God. Lord, you've called us out of the world because we don't belong to it. Come on, if there is compromise in my life, God, I pray that you would help me stand strong in my foundation. That no storm or wave would blow me down. down in my soul that I can't contain that I can't control I want more of you God I want more of you God set a fire down in my soul can everybody stand up and just sing this with us come on wherever you are God will meet you come on this should be on all of our hearts Set a fire down in my soul that I can't contain, that I can't control. I want more of you, God. I want more of you, God. Set a fire down in my We still have time for prayer, but we do want, at this time, you are dismissed. But if you want prayer and you want to just linger in the glory for a little longer or just want to spend some time seeking out God and his plan and his will for your life, this time will stay open. We'll worship a little longer, but you are free to go. Hallelujah. We love you, Jesus. Bless this congregation as they come and as they go. Lord, may they be fired up to change the world for Jesus and have their feet on the solid rock on which they stand. God, because all the other ground is shifting and sinking sand. Lord, we love you. We praise you in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen. Hallelujah.